And a resounding good afternoon, peace and grace. Peace and grace, family and friends, to my comrades, to the listening audience, supporters of Black Radio. Thank you for joining me once again. This is Rochelle Wilson on a Saturday, a beautiful Saturday afternoon in Wilmington, Delaware, here on the Northeastern region of the United States. Uh, thank you so much for staying locked in, loving that jazz right here on WHGE 95.3 FM. We are your Black-owned, Black-operated news information, advocacy, and musical station for the city of Wilmington, all things Black, Brown, and Indigenous. So thank you for staying locked in. Again, this is Rochelle Wilson making some intelligent noise for equal justice under the law, eradicating systemic and antiquated laws from the books. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about justice and uh, what that means here in America. What is justice? What does it mean? It is supposed to mean, according to the Webster's uh, and the Oxford Dictionary, the etymology of the word is just, to do that which is just, which is what is right, what is appropriate, what is fair, balanced, and equal. This is what just and justice actually mean fair, balance, equal, across the board to do what is right. Here in America, more than one occasion, we have had to deal with injustice, things that were not done appropriately. They were not fair and equitable systems, systems of laws that were fair across the board for everyone. So with that being said, want to bring your attention, if you will, to the case that is now uh, going on in Memphis with Tyree Nichols. Tyree Nichols was stopped for a traffic, alleged traffic violation, right? Police pull him over. Five police officers have been charged with the brutal murder, the beating, and mishandling, the kidnapping of Tyree Nichols. What do you think about that, America? Really? Really? Please give me an intelligent and reasonable response to the question. And here's the, here's the part that really makes me question justice or the injustice of the case. These five office, former police, Memphis police officers are out on bail and they have pleaded not guilty. How's that? How's that for justice, ladies and gentlemen? They're out on bail. Now, I can't help but wonder, and perhaps you've posed the question to yourselves, what would that look like if the offenders, 
were not uh, the officers, what would that look like in terms of them being out on bail? How many of us raise your hand if you think that these five pol former police officers, had they been civilians, they would not be out on bail. And if they were indigenous brown hued people, they would certainly not be out on bail. These are the questions that I, I pose to myself each time I turn on mainstream media and begin to watch what is being reported. I cannot help but to ingest that, to process that, and then regurgitate or excrement even my thoughts on that process. And as I watch the story of Tyree Nichols, who will not be able to go home tonight, but will be or has been buried, he's dead because of the negligence, the kidnapping and the homicide, in my opinion, of these former police officers. At the time, they were Memphis police officers. What is right about that? What is right about that? And when we talk about, and I, I know advocates who are boots on ground with police accountability for here, the state of Delaware, we are attempting to work on laws, changing antiquated laws, systemic laws that will now be equal, fair, and just under the law. We're going to change the old systems. We're going to get rid of a lot of the antiquated systems of practice that police have conducted over hundreds of years, at least since 1863. We can say that these practices of the uniform police law enforcement officers, a lot of this has been practiced since 1863 and perhaps beyond, uh, but that's another conversation. But we're working to change that. And it takes you, you have to stand up and be a part of that change. There are people boots on ground holding police accountable for their actions. You can arrest the bad guys. You can do that. We want you, we encourage you to arrest the bad guys. But there has to be something inside of each officer as a human being intrinsically that speaks to the humanity and the humanitarian apprehension in order to arrest the people who are truly bad guys. The really bad guys. Okay? Let's get the really bad guys and be mindful of how we approach anyone, especially on a traffic stop. But in any way that we may stop them, let's be mindful and humane about how we apprehend them. I'm Rochelle Wilson, here to make some intelligent noise, the movement, the multimedia movement that advocates and actively works for systemic change in our systems.
All right. So stay with me. We're going to talk more about that in just a few moments. Please stay with me. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for staying locked in. How about that jazz? It is so nice. It kind of gets your fingers popping and your your feet snapping and, uh, you know, you want to kind of groove along with it. So thanks for staying locked in to WHGE 95.3 FM. Uh, Before our little break in the show, I was discussing with you the importance of your advocacy for those folks who are boots on ground. We are here. All of us are doing our part, whether it is behind the scenes or in front of the cameras. We are doing our part to advocate for systemic change. And that's what we're working for. And so if you stay with me a little bit, I'm going to give you some information for here in the state of Delaware, who you can reach out to based on your particular passion or concern of advocacy, which one of our Delaware legislators should you be in touch with? I've got that for you. I just need you to stay with me and I'm going to release that information in just a few moments. Uh, But I've got a special and distinguished member of the community has now joined me for today's broadcast. And we're going to talk a little bit about all of the world affairs, events that are taking place. But we're focusing here on what's taking place in your neck of the woods, the state of Delaware, the city of Wilmington. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome to the to the mic, Minister Robert Muhammad. Peace and grace. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Grace and peace, sister. Good to see you. Good to be back on this most powerful uh, concept that you have of freedom, justice, and equality. And I'm honored to be in your presence this afternoon. Thank you, brother. Yes, I'm, I'm humbled by those mm-hmm. words. Uh, so tell the folks who don't know you, just give them like a quick shout out about uh, mm-hmm. what you do and where you where can you be found? Yes. I am uh, Minister Farrakhan, student minister here. I'm student minister Robert Muhammad. 
um, the local represent local student minister, the Honorable Minister Farrakhan, and we are located at 2800 Washington Street uh, in Wilmington, Delaware. That's 28th in Washington, Sundays at 11 a.m. Come on by, be our guest. It, it doesn't uh, take anything. I'm just going to go out. You may have had chicken or you may have had turkey. I'm going to go out and I'm going to have some fish today. Let me go down there and see what they're serving up on the spiritual platter. Come on and be our guest. Thank you, brothers and sisters. We appreciate that. Uh, I've actually been there, and uh, you have gifted me before with the fish sandwich uh, and the sides. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it is mouth-watering. So you definitely want to give that a shout. Uh, give it a try. Fish Fridays, absolutely. And if you want that spiritual nourishment, you want to show up on Sundays at 11 o'clock. And you don't have to necessarily be a Muslim right. of the faith. It's about having faith in something greater than yourself. All right. So come out and, you know, the Bible even tells us uh, study and show thyself to be approved. How will you know what is wrong uh, or what is right if you don't study and know what is the word? And the word can come in all forms of comprehension to all of us. So stop by and visit. You know, it doesn't matter what your particular reliance may be. Uh, uh, I tell you, when I was there, I had such a good time, uh, so well respected and admired even. I, I was, it almost did something to my ego. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't allow it to, but it almost kind of got my ego pumped up. Like, you know, wow, I am somebody. That's right. So I appreciate uh, the mosque for that. And you know, sister, you are somebody and our people are truly somebody. And if we looked at one another like God looks at us, then maybe the narrative will change. I'm sure it would change if we did that. Yes. So I look at you as the mother of civilization. You know, we are taught after God himself, he, he after his, uh, as some people, well, I'm not going to get into the creation of it all, but his next act after himself was the female. Yes. So yes. he studied himself and he designed and conceptualized and determined the nature and the function of woman. Yes, I do absolutely agree, you know, and that's not ego, but it is because of my study and research. Uh, I absolutely agree that woman um, is a, indeed a divine and powerful creation mm -hmm. of that which is greater than ourselves uh, on so many different levels. And most men, if you really, you know, whether it's the minister or uh, who puts it so eloquently, or if it's just a brother posted up on the corner, you know, they'll tell you that there's some power that a woman has, a oh, natural yes. and divine oh, born yes. woman uh, mm -hmm. that she actually has. And so, yeah, I agree with that. My issue comes in when I look at my young girls, uh, not all of them, but some of them, I'm here uh, in the world today. They're wearing the clothing that does not represent their their divinity. They're mm -hmm. speaking words that don't represent their eloquence. Uh, they're just, it appears to me, you know, and I'm 60 years old. Mm -hmm. So maybe when I was 19 and 20, I didn't get it either. Mm -hmm. But they appear to not be embracing their divinity. And as a woman, you know, I do what I can to change that. 
but you can only reach a few at a time. I said, you brought up a very good point, sister. The scripture says it like this. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And so the narrative has been, we have never been able to, as a people, to control our narrative. Our narrative is written for us. By our nature. Right. Our nature. <clears throat> right. And so, but the narrative that has been uh, given us is a narrative of, like you said, the way that our sisters dress, the way that they act. It is because the narrative that's on television now, Hollywood shapes that for us. The movies shape that for us. And, and being that we have, uh, 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 this world has taken out the uh, parents' authority. I was going to ask you, where's mom and dad? Right. The well, we know dad's usually in a lot of households, uh, mm -hmm. dad's incarcerated. Right, right. Because sister, Unfortunately. Right, because as you know, um, after the uh, 68 riots of the Kerner Commission, um, you know, the, the, the enemy did a study on us. And so what their aim and their desire was, at one time, a black man could go to work, his wife could stay home, and his wife would be able to rear her children. The school was in the neighborhood, all right? We produced a better people. Uh, when we were able to educate our own. And any wise person would have to say that we must teach our own. And then once we get a firm foundation of self, then we can go and look at respected uh, uh, peoples of what they have done. But that has been taken away from us. And the working uh, dad, because he was not uh, probably in terms of academia uh, smart, but they had a factory. Mm -hmm. that he could yeah. uh, work, bring his money home. And there was there was organization in the family. Yeah. The enemy studied that, kicked the man out. The jobs have now moved to Central and South America and the other third world countries. And so they introduced crack and cocaine to, uh, to us. Mm -hmm. And so now, unfortunately, we're looking at the residuals of that effect. And it was... Uh, whether we heard Minister Farrakhan or not, but back in 1989, he had went on a, a, a world, I mean, a, a tour in America uh, talking about black youth in Paris, peril, uh, conspiracy, drugs, and how the government was setting us up, uh, and in particular, our young black youth to be destroyed. And that narrative has not changed. Yeah. You know, I, it's absolutely escaping me at the moment, the year uh, that they actually integrated black folks into the school system. I know it was in the 60s. I can't remember exactly the date mm -hmm. off the top of my head. Uh, but when they did that, I think it was, you know, Martin Luther King and, and various other advocates at that time and leadership were advocating for equal rights and for equal and fair under the law. And they and that meant education. So that's where they put black children in mm -hmm. white schools because oh, right. that's where the great educations were, right? right? They thought. Right, right. Uh, but had they just funded, financially funded the right. black schools mm -hmm. that existed at those times, right. I really think it would have changed the narrative for better education and a better sense of common unity, common unity, community amongst us um, as a family, as a people. Hey, hey sister, you, you hit the nail uh, right on the head, 
what what happened, unfortunately, um, the enemy played a hypocritical trick in terms of integration. And they knew that um, if they did that, that we would close our insurance company down, our corner store down. Mm-hmm. We would close our hotels and, 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 and the companies that we had. And, and we then went and supported them. And so now look at our community. It's desolate because of the hypocritical trick that was played on us. And then you have to understand the narrative system was back then in the 60s, the enemy used in in a a negative way, uh, even though King at the end of his life came to grips when he Mm -hmm. told Harry Belafonte that uh, he was sorry that he had felt bad about integrating his people into a burning house, Mm. you know, because he said the dream had become a nightmare. And our people (laughs) sit there and continue to have the enemy play the narrative of the I have a dream in 63, Mm. but the man grew in 68. And so he died for a principle of standing up. But what happened... He realized his error. And it's okay to be young and make mistakes and grow into a place of of wisdom and change that. I love Martin Luther King. I love him. I love 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 Dr. Martin Luther King. And at some point he was going to mesh forces with the the nation of Islam. Right. Right. Uh, Through our our other brother, Malcolm X. And so that was all a part of the conspiracy to get him killed, to have him murdered. He was about to change the world. Exactly. So once he realized his mistake. Yeah. And you know, sister, and it it would be um, what we call no life is in vain if we study history and learn from their mistakes Mm -hmm. so that we may not repeat them. Yes. You know, and that's the benefit of history. Mm -hmm. So we can walk better and more perfect. So those that come behind us can be a little bit more perfect than we were, you know? And so I love our brother, uh, uh, you know, Martin. And the narrative at that time was Martin against Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm preaching separation. And they used King to preach integration. Mm -hmm. So they rode in on integration, but what the, the, the experiment has failed. Yeah. You look at our schools now, sister, yeah. Yeah. you know, and like going back to the narrative of you, as you have been saying about the way that our ch- girls, especially because uh, a nation is not judged. The Honorable Minister Farrakhan taught us by the, the male. A nation is judged by the condition of the woman. Uh, the African proverb tells us a nation can rise no higher than its women. That's exactly So right. if you depress, oppress, suppress, uh, uh, depress the woman, then that's what you're doing to the nation. And, and it's that's interesting exactly right. in a in a patriarchal society where the man allegedly rules, mm-hmm. right? Uh, put Downplaying the power of the woman. Uh, they always refer to everything as a woman. Like that's the America her mm-hmm. and my car is a woman. She, you know, like right. they. They, they right. refer to all of these things as women, and yet uh, they downplay the power of a woman. But I want to take you on a different journey, and I uh-huh. want to see how you respond to this when we talk about education in our schools. I saw something that was uh, extremely unsettling in the news. Mm-hmm. So there's a company by the name of Mars that creates the M&M candies. Uh, and I believe they've been around since the, the late 50s or something, maybe even earlier than that. I'm not sure of the year. 
But this M&M candies has almost become iconic to America, especially during Halloween and even Easter and all of these different types of holidays, right? It's it's an iconic candy. Who doesn't love right, M&M's? Right, right, right. And what I saw on the news, and they're going to do a big broadcast of this on the Super Bowl Sunday. They're going to come out on Super Bowl Sunday and announce that no longer will the M&M candies be gendered they will now be sort of, uh, you know, I believe the word is androgynous or, or non-binary mm-hmm. or because the LGBTQ plus and all of them yes. are, are you know, fighting for their civil rights, okay, mm-hmm. uh, in, in making candy and making school and books. We've got first graders who are reading about homosexuality, right. mm-hmm. okay? Uh, I'm not saying that we can't live in a world that's diverse and mm-hmm. people have a right to choose what they're going to do with their own God. Right, exactly. I'm not to judge them. That's up mm-hmm. to their God. But what I am here to say is at what point does your alleged civil rights, okay, which I don't remember anyone ever telling the LGBTQ plus community that they couldn't vote, they can't sit at a restaurant Mm -hmm. counter, they couldn't get on a bus, uh, you know, that they, you know, they weren't beaten because they were, uh, so, you know, I don't understand why they call it civil rights, but my thing is, at what point does their movement now infringe upon my rights, uh, as a mother, as an educator, mm-hmm. as a parent, as a as a community person, you know, you don't want M&M's candy to be male and female. You want it to be everything. Right, right. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're putting these in our little first graders' mm-hmm. books, teaching them. Isn't that a little young to learn right. about homosexuality? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, and I did see a, um, there was an elected official who was on television, on the news, talking about him and his husband. Mm-hmm. He and his husband had adopted some children because his love is love and love mm-hmm. is love and love is love. Right. Okay, fine. Cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'm not, right, right, I'm right. not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole, yeah. but the mm-hmm. question is, what point does their movement now begin to infringe upon my rights as a parent and an educator? Mm-hmm. Uh, as an educator. What, mm-hmm. Are we teaching them to do this, mm-hmm. to to embrace homosexuality as their alternative to male and female? Like I'm, I'm confused. Yes, ma'am. I'm very confused. Yeah. See, see, sister. So, uh, what we started out on was or, or when we were talking about education earlier, about it being a hypocritical trick. When it comes to the educational process, you see, see now because we have not did a, a done for self pr- produced our own educational system you see what happens now we have to go and along yes. to get along yes and, and, and god help us right. if we say anything yeah, exactly. against any particular right, right, um, right. person's sexual right. preferences yes. if right. we say something about it it's mm-hmm. an abomination it's right. against god's will mm-hmm. uh yeah. it's nasty you yeah, know what i mean exactly. like if we say anything like that mm-hmm. which i'm not saying right. yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. on mm-hmm. public radio i'm right. not saying that right. uh, but if i were to say something like that i would almost literally be crucified yeah. on a cross right exactly because exactly. i speak out exactly you know? and then unfortunately sister like a lot of our people, they read um, the book, but 
uh, they gloss over the in the scripture as Jesus when he was talking about there's going to be signs in the end. And then he talked about Noah. He talked about Lot. So those conditions of those people of that day and time will be visited today. Yeah. And so in Lot's time, it was Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. Don't you know our people? I had asked uh, uh, someone that, that goes to church, had she ever... Um, has she ever heard of Sodom and Gomorrah? She told me no. They're not reading the Quran right. and the Bible right. anymore. And she said no. I, and then I told her the story about Sodom and Gomorrah, about that lifestyle that God is not pleased with. But being that we have been in America and we have been under our former slave masters that learned his way and mm -hmm. his savagery. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is what has to happen. God has to come and pardon us and get an opportunity to teach us so that we can we can decide whether or not we desire our former slave master's life or his life. And that is what is before us today. So I can't say that white folks, uh, they uh, made me a lesbian. No, they didn't make you. They showed you and me what we were capable of and who you really are and who I really am. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I can see some of it from that perspective. Um, I can absolutely, you know, we can go back into the ages of time before Christ and even after Christ. And, uh, you know, homosexuality has been around for quite a bit of time. And again, I'm, I'm not going to have an opinion, uh, you know, publicly about my thoughts on the LGBTQ plus and the alphabet. I call them the alphabet mm. because I can't say all of them damn letters. Right, right. Uh, but the alphabet community, you know, they have money and they have wealth and power and prestige and connections. And mm -hmm. so here in America, if and really anywhere in the world, if you say anything against them, that you know, they can shut you down right. economically. Right. And that takes me back to the educational piece mm -hmm. in saying, you know, if you're not which they did not put money into black schools no, then. No. Instead, they did integrate us. Right. Uh, and still, black schools or predominantly black schools are either shut down, exactly. destroyed. There's right. some kind of scam, mm -hmm. scandal with them. Right. Uh, but there's no economic back, backbone right. to our black schools. Right. But, but you look at other schools, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. they have a wealth of finances right. mm -hmm. because the parents and the community... They put into the pot. Right. And see, sister, unfortunately, what has happened is that we are a nation as black people and brown people are beggars. And because we do not have the tax base, then they can uh, take uh, that because most of us, let's just say in the city, we may not own. So that <laughs> depletes our tax base. Yeah. And so and so then we have no pushback. Everything is a here, here. But see, this is where it comes in of owning our community. And three things that the Honorable Minister Farrakhan said that we don't control, the business person, the politician, and the preacher. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are really a colony. And we are being used and sucked on from outside influences. And that's why our educational system in terms of black folks is depleting. It is because we want our child to come to school with Jordans on. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then if my daughter or son gets in a fight, you run down to the school. But 
you ain't going to a parent-teacher conference. How about to that? See, uh, is your child passing right. when the when the teacher calls the uh, a mother up and at, and tells the mother or the father about the the attitude? They don't want to hear it, but let a fight be. Mm-hmm. See, and and this is why, sister, is that we have to the the, the rod, the rod of God. And this teaching that cleaned us up, we, our people need that cleaning up. You can't give a people love. They don't know the love, that part yet. Mm-hmm. That's why Moses comes before Jesus. Moses was a lawgiver. Mm-hmm. The people had come through Pharaoh, were made savage and, and, and uncivilized. So Moses had to clean them up with a law because they were living a savage life. Oh, yeah. So yeah. so so then when Jesus comes, he takes them to the a higher level. So when you had your child, I had children, we didn't give, they don't know what, hey, baby, I love you. They know get this, do that. You give them instructions and guidance mm-hmm. and a law. Mm-hmm. But the law turns into love. That's why your child could come back and say, Mommy, I love you. Daddy, I love you because you put the law on me. Right. And it was love, but you didn't know what love meant right. like that. Right. And right. see, that's what's wrong yeah. with our community yeah. and what is wrong with the educational system. You can't give them love and they savage as hell. You got to put a law on them and the parent got to back. Uh, the teacher and the back the administration and and leave white folks way out of it because I don't believe seven and one is eight. I believe zero and eight is eight. See, it's another way of looking at it. Yes, you know what I'm saying. And maybe that way may not be the way that we need to teach and train our children. Okay, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing we gotta have. I think you started on it, um, and we're going to come back to it. When when they took the father out of the home, the leadership from the home, uh, it was just decay from there. Right, exactly uh, but we're going to get right back to that. Stay tuned with us. We'll be right back for more conversation with the uh, amazing minister, Robert Muhammad. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, commercials for you and some information for you and then we can move forward from there peace and grace hold on Beautiful, beautiful talk, sister. Yeah, we're going to come back to that. Beautiful I want to give talk. this information because it's really important. But I think beautiful I need my questions too, sister. Beautiful. Well, yeah, that's what good that's what good um, good journalism is all about. Right, right. Let me get to my glasses. I'm sorry. Uh, and then I will uh, we'll get back on the yeah. air. Oh my God, I don't have them. Oh my God, I left them sitting on the table. What an idiot I am. Oh, those are not. No, no, those are my driving glasses. Well, you know what? Praise the Lord. I've got some. uh, I've got some. uh, I can. We'll make it work. You can finagle it. (laughs) I'm going to finagle it. (laughs) Okay. All right. So. Yeah, it's just a little blurry. <laughs> hey, you know, with age comes change, yeah, right? Yeah, but All isn't right. it beautiful, sister, to mature? It is beautiful. I realize that at 60, I, there are things I would have... I can't believe I did them at 20. I can't believe I did them at 20 and 30, you know, mm-hmm. maybe even at 40. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never have never have done those things if I knew then what I know now. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that's the maturity. I know, sister. We all have done things that we may not be proud of, but you're here 
that you can get back in peace. I believe that those lessons and the, and the actions of my youth uh, were a part of my maturity and learning and becoming a better me. I would not trade them in. I, mean, I kind of, you know, I say that I would have never done it if I knew what I know now. I would have probably not been who I am today had I not done those things. That's right. You know what I mean? That's the right. moral compass that's in me now is because of the lessons I learned that's from right. doing those that's things. Right. So, and you know, it makes up your ministry on the radio system. I hope so, brother. I hope so. You come across, like I said, you're a very poignant, infectious spirit. And you're like seductive, uh, not in a negative sense, but seductive um, in a positive sense to make people vulnerable to express themselves. Yes, but more as equally important is like you said earlier, I want folks to open their mind yeah, to a right. different perspective. Right. Yes, seven plus one equals eight, right. but zero, uh, eight plus zero yeah, equals right, eight. Like, right. I They're love right, that analogy. Right. We've got to go back okay. over here. Ready? And we thank you so much for staying locked in at WHGE 95.3 FM. Your one and only. This station belongs to you, the people. We, the people of black, brown, and golden indigenous hues. We are your radio station with your information, your commentaries. Uh, we talk about the things that are important to our common unities. And so earlier, uh, joining me here, here at the radio station, we have a distinguished guest from the neighborhood, uh, from the community, and that is Minister Robert Muhammad. Uh, and we're talking about education and youth and children. We pray that you will be inspired by our conversation. And perhaps you'll see a different way to see or think about things uh, than just what you've always known. But before we get back to that, I want to share with you really quickly, uh, if you are someone who's interested in advocating and you really want to get involved and be a part of the change, please show up on Wednesdays. Any Wednesday will do. Uh, you pick the one, make it a whole family affair, get your little signs and your posters and whatever you have to do. Show up at Legislative Hall. Legislative sessions are now in session and we need you to show up and be a part of the change. So if your passion is on corrections, if that's something that's important to you, as it is important to me, uh, the legislator who's running that, the chairman uh, of that committee is Namdi Chakwocha. Namdi Chakwocha, Brother Namdi has been here on the show uh, has, and has talked with us quite a bit on more than one occasion. So uh, if you're interested in finding out more about the Department of Corrections and all things prison related, then Namdi Chakwocha is the person you want to have that conversation with. Send them an email. Uh, if it is important to you to talk about housing, you want fair and decent, clean housing for yourself, your loved ones, your community, our homeless population, uh, our returning citizens population, then you want to talk to Miss Kendra Johnson. She is on the Committee for Housing, Kendra Johnson Johnson at Legislative Hall. Uh, Peter Schwartzkopf, he's the Speaker of the House. We can talk to him about anything. We can always talk to Pete, right? Peter Schwartzkopf, 
we're coming. Uh, if you want to talk about public safety, such as the police and law enforcement, homeland security, you want to talk to legislator Franklin Cook. Frank Cook, uh, they call him Cookie. Uh, as their as a little uh, affectionate loving name for him uh, at Legislative Hall, Franklin Cook for public safety and all things police. Right, uh, the House Majority Whip and Health and Human Development falls under your girl and mine, Melissa Minor Brown. Mimi, we love you, Mimi, and she's uh, on that committee of House Majority. She's the House Majority Whip on the Health and Human Development Committee. Uh, and finally, just closing that down, I wanna make sure that we all know, uh, dear to my heart, and I pray it's dear to your heart, you wanna see changes taking place in corrections, uh, in recidivism, uh, in the courtrooms, fair and equal justice, then you've got to talk about the judges and judge accountability. So who's on the Judiciary Committee? Who do we want to approach when we wanna talk about a judge's conduct? We want to talk to Sean Lynn. We want to talk to Sean Lynn. And, I'm, and I have to tell you, please, uh, Darius, Darius Brown is somebody who was also influential, quite influential on the board uh, when you're talking about the Judiciary Committee. Now, I do know there have been some, uh, you know, concerns with him last year or the year before. Uh, he may or may not still be on the committee but he is still influential in the committee. But you want to talk to Sean Lynn about anything dealing with our judges. All right, so you're listening to Rochelle Wilson. Make some intelligent noise. The Equal Justice Movement, the movement for equal justice under the law, joining uh, with me today is Minister Robert Muhammad. So let's get back to our conversation about education. If, I believe, if I'm correct, we left off talking about the economics, uh, the community, the family, the leadership being taken away from the home and falling into the, uh, I believe you called it, was it a hypnosis or the okie doke to trickery yeah, of the yeah, enemy? Yeah. <laughs> all of the above, yeah, mm -hmm. right? So now our schools are teaching all sorts of things uh, in the classroom. Yeah. And uh, not all of it is something that all parents agree with. Uh, but then we look at our high schools and mm -hmm. we see we've got children uh, doing all sorts of, you know, exploration with their sexuality mm -hmm. in order to avoid getting pregnant and uh, whatever else their excuse or their reason may be, they are exploring mm -hmm. their sexuality yeah. uh, in the high school. So, you know, a 14, 13, and 14 year old kid, you know, which is my realm of education, you know, coming to you and, and telling you that they would rather uh, have alternative experiences than the traditional experiences. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. How does that work out in their math and language and science classes? Like, does that matter? Or does one thing affect the other? And of course, go back to the economics. Yeah. And sister, as you were talking, um, there were some scriptures that came to my mind of um, how, uh, you know, the enemy would do in the last days. He said, I'm coming down having great wrath, knowing I only got but a short time. And so in the last days, Satan makes mischief with created things. And the, the created things that he makes mischief with is the things that God has given us for procreation. Mm. He's messing with the uh, atoms. He's messing with the water. Mm -hmm. um, because he's gone out. He's done. 
and his aim and purpose is to take the people to hell with him. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he's giving them evil suggestions and firm resolutions. And that's why it is uh, the enemy never desires for us to put our narrative in uh, uh, before the world in terms of um, like BET, mm -hmm. which once was under our control. But now... Unfortunately, Viacom, I think, still owns it. Jewish. Jewish, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and, but look at the narrative. Look at what we're putting out of buffoonery and savagery in front of our people, yeah. you know? And so we have to, as what Bill Cosby desired to do, from what I understand, uh, he wanted to buy a network mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we can put our image out there like we want that we control, but yes. when we don't control it, and that's the reason why the enemy de they desires to control our athletes and entertainers because they that is our gold. Mm -hmm. And if I can muzzle their mouth, mm -hmm. tell them to do what I ask them to do, mm -hmm. then I'm winning. And so you a big, big, big Negro with money, but his mind is being used and controlled by our open enemy. I saw on TikTok, well, you see a lot of things on TikTok, right? TikTok is full of stuff, uh, which I, I do have a post on TikTok, but I try to keep it just clean and basic mm. and simple uh, and, and some form of advocacy. But I was watching on TikTok that um, Black creators you know, black creators, particularly in dance, but of all different levels of creativity, including art, uh, they are not being given their proper due as the creators of this right. art because other folks, right, non-indigenous uh, mm -hmm. people are coming along, stealing their dance moves, mm -hmm. stealing their art, their creativity, and making it their own. And mm -hmm. one of these black creators uh, said, nationally and publicly. I mean, obviously, TikTok is all over the world uh, and made it very clear that's not fair. It's not right. Uh, but more to the point is you've stolen our land. Right, you've right. stolen our culture. Mm -hmm. You've stolen our men from the household. Right. You've stolen our women. You've stolen our masculinity, mm -hmm. right? Like you've stolen everything. Can we at least still get credit recognition for being the creators mm -hmm. of something? Right. They come along and they take everything, right? right? Uh, I never before in my life have seen so many non-melanated, uh, what they want to be called brothers. Mm -hmm. So my non-melanated brothers, right? Who are rocking dreadlocks yes. and they've got their pants down right. halfway mm -hmm. and right. uh, they're just, you know, rocking the hoodies and the yes. caps. Mm -hmm. All of that culture was originally black, brown, and golden right. culture. Exactly, exactly. And they don't even want to give us credit for uh, creating the light bulb. I mean, right. geez, right. Louise. Right. <laughs> and, and, um, as you first started out, um, it was the brother that never got credit um, Norman Lear, um, who got credit for the Good Times, the Jeffersons, and those oh. black sitcoms. It was a black man who wrote and produced it. He never got the credit. What's his name? I forget the name, but oh. in our listening audience, you look it up. The name escapes me right now, but the name, the, the, the gentleman, the white guy's name was Norman Lear, and he took the creativity, the of the brother who made uh, the Jeffersons and those black 
What's Happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, oh, I remember those. Yeah, I grew up with those shows. Up, Isn't it even interesting that we know the name of Norman Lear, right. but but cannot recall the yeah, name of the it, actual right. black creator? And, and that's what's happening on TikTok. And, and Sister C, our creative genius, should we should benefit from that. But like I yes. said, the minister keeps on repeating this, like... The the, the, the the our entertainers and athletes and politicians and preachers and uh, business persons are being sucked, and people other people are controlling that. But this is the reason why the minister said, "Well, let's sit down to the intelligentsia of uh, the Jewish people and let's let's deal." Yeah. You know you what you've done. Let's sit down and be uh, a, a reasonable men and women and yes. separate. Let us control our narrative. I understand that that the Honorable Minister Farrakhan, and I need a time check because I'm not sure where we are. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm recording on oh, all of my devices. It is uh, 10 minutes to 2. 10 no, of 2. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I, that's oh, that's fast. a little after two. Yeah, okay, no, so, fast, so all right, so we, we've got about three minutes. Yes, um, so I just lost my thought just that quick. <laughs> uh, so you brought a newspaper, and what did your newspapers? Oh, I remember mm -hmm. now too. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Honorable Louis Farrakhan did have relationship, and and to some degree with the Jewish people, that was a, a working collaboration, right? Was that correct? Am I correct? Well, there have been meetings that the minister um, has uh, had with the uh, leadership of the Jewish people in private meetings. And I echo that um, they should go to NOI.org and get those interviews of Minister Farrakhan and, the, uh, and his talk with the Jewish a community, but the minister said, "I, I want to be uh, your friend, you know. But mm -hmm. if you want me to bow and scratch why I don't itch, it's the friendship that I don't need, yeah. and it's the friendship that he cannot accept." Yes. And so they know that God has the minister here, and they knew in their history that they would have to deal with a man like Minister Farrakhan. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but the, and so, let's sit down and reason together. You know, yeah, and, and that's a phrase I've heard. Come and let us reason right, together. Right, right, yeah, and that's the law uses the word reason right. as well. Mm -hmm. It's interesting the language, right? The yes. words, the words matter. <laughs> right, but Minister Farrakhan is speaking, sister, February the twenty sixth. Okay, and his subject is the War of Armageddon has begun, and it will be at two p.m. Eastern time. But you can go to noi.org and tune in to Minister Farrakhan's Savior's Day message, The War of Armageddon Has Begun, NOI.org, February 26th. All right? Thank wow. you. And that's your copy. Oh, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, and just in the final, the closing, like I, I'll definitely repeat this again in case yeah. we have any uh, listeners that are, that are coming yes. back on. Mm -hmm. uh, the Armageddon, that's so scary. Yes, it that's is. so scary, so yeah. daunting. Most people don't want to think about that's that or right. talk about that because it's mm -hmm. a scary conversation. It is. It is. Uh, but so Memphis, mm -hmm. they killed Tyree Nichols. Yes. In closing for our show today, mm -hmm. what, what do you think? What do you think about all of that? But more to the point, what do you think God, Allah, thinks about that? It is, a, it is echoing, again, the words of Malcolm, the words of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Minister Farrakhan, uh, 
Marcus Garvey, all of our greats that our people need to love, fall in love with one another and we need the knowledge of self. Our people in particular now, we're talking about police. See, you, the police department of our people have to be vetted because we have the same attitude and spirit because we've been nursed on our open enemy. We take that attitude to our people. So when I saw those brothers, those police officers whipping that brother, it, they, that's not a black man that they've been. We've been taught and trained to hate self like our enemies hate us. And so we have to be vetted to see whether or not did you grow up? How were you? How did you grow up? Were you fat and, and dark skin and, be, and teased? Now you want to join the police department? Because uh, people are tease the you because you're fat that. and black, or you white. Uh, no, you're light skin, light high skin, yellow. Exactly. You know, I've you dealt see? with that part. So, yeah. so, so we gotta we gotta vet our people. You're psychologically psychologically not able to handle this, so you can't be on the force. And so that is what that produced. And so I heard the sister say it was a councilwoman when our brother that works for CNN, Don Lemon, asked her, well, "What do you think?" And she said this, it is that our people need to learn to love themselves. And that is the hallmark of the teachings that I'll be like to Muhammad and Minister Farrakhan. We must first love self. Yes. And so any yes. intelligent person <laughs> would love self, honor self, and respect self before someone else. And so that is yeah. a thing, something that we got to change. I don't I don't think it's possible to love another human being That's until right. you truly do love yourself. That's and right. then the question is begged to be posed. Uh, <clears throat> what does that look like? What does loving me look like? Mm, right. You know what I mean? And I'm not so, going to have blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be dressed like or shaped like the Kardashians. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, and yeah. uh, the narrative that you got to have, you got to look like this to be the standard of beauty. No. Yeah. You, the mothers of civilization, sister, you create your own reality. Be happy with your nappy, That's girl. Right. Be happy That's with right. your nappy because you're right. beautiful just That's the way right. you are. And so that does it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Rochelle Wilson being joined by the uh, illustrious guests of Minister Robert Muhammad, uh, 28th and Washington Street. You can always look him up, NOI.org. Check him out, see what's going on, and do not miss, miss Fish Fridays. You don't want to miss that. All right. I'm Rochelle Wilson. Make some intelligent noise. Thank you for staying locked in, tuned in, chiming in, and showing your love and support to Black Radio, WHGE 95.3 FM. I now return turn you to that smooth jazz or that finger popping jazz here at 95.3 FM. Have a great day, ladies and gentlemen, and love yourselves. Love yourselves. Okay. Hey, Peace hey, and hey, grace. Hey, How hey, are hey, you? Hey, whoa, 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 brother. Oh. Easy, please. Did you see a big um, sound effects box? No, I not a red. I haven't seen anything red. I did take the trash.